Hello, hello, y'all. Hey, it's me, Robin. And before we get into today's episode, I'm here to let you know that the club is open right now for new members. I'm going to take a couple minutes to fill you in on all that the club is offering right now. So if you know for sure you're not interested in joining the club, you're just going to want to hit the forward button a few times until you hear that baffling behavior show jingle. Okay, so the club is a virtual community for families of kids with vulnerable nervous systems and big baffling behaviors. Many families in the club are parenting kids with a history of complex trauma, but definitely not all. Some are parenting kids with vulnerabilities that emerge from their neurotype or their sensory system or their giftedness or their neuroimmune disorder. And of course, some have no idea why their child's nervous system is so vulnerable. The primary purpose of the club and why I've created it the way that I have is connection and co-regulation. Because when I reflect back on my time as a therapist, it wasn't the skills and strategies and tools and techniques I taught parents that mattered the most. What mattered most was how connection and co-regulation strengthened their owl brain so that they could stay more regulated in the face of the chaos in their home. Then they could, number one, actually use the tools, and number two, start to feel a little bit better even before the tools started to work. The club can be accessed online both through your browser on your computer and through an app. And it's open, of course, 24-7. There's a very active forum, a huge video library, and multiple live events every month. Sometimes I teach a masterclass on a specific topic. Sometimes we come together for group coaching or just to ask questions and pick, pick my brain. We have two sessions every month called Connect and Co-Regulates, and those are designed to offer exactly that. There's no teaching, no coaching, just a place for you to be seen and heard by people who get it. Currently, we are also offering once a month bonus sessions for siblings of dysregulated kids. The club is intended to be kind of like a buffet. There is a ton in it, not because you're supposed to do everything in the club. You take what you need when you need it and come back when you're ready for more. If you could use a little extra support, consider joining us. You can read all about all the details over at robingobel.com slash the club. I'll put a link in the show notes And we're open today until the end of the day, Friday, May 3rd. All right, y'all, here's that episode you're waiting for. Well, hey there. Here we are together again. Welcome and welcome, welcome to the Parenting After Trauma podcast. I'm your host, Robin Goble, and I'm super excited, but also a little bit nervous to dive into today's topic with you. What do we do? when we really feel like we don't like our kid. And I don't mean the regular parenting. I don't really love how my kid is acting kind of feeling, but the intense, painful. And for so many of you, I knew, I know it feels like a shameful feeling of just not really liking this child. Why am I nervous about the topic? Well, let's get into that in just a moment. 
Also, I'm recording this like first thing in the morning when my voice isn't totally awake yet, but there's just not a lot of options today. So we're going to keep trucking on. If you're just noticing anything sounds weird, it's just that I've only been awake for a few minutes. If you're new here, welcome. And I want you to know that this is a place for parents of kids with big behaviors. And of course, the therapists and helpers and educators who support them, a place for you to feel seen and known and gotten and understood and get some actually useful ideas about how to help your kid. Y'all know that this isn't a fancy podcast. Maybe one day I'll be hiring a producer and doing more editing and have fancy music. But for now, I just press record and go. Even if it's first thing in the morning before I've had my coffee and my voice is a little scratchy. (laughs) If you need more support after listening to this episode, you'll want to head over to my website because I have a lot of ways we can connect, including a free masterclass on what behavior really is and a free ebook on attachment. Just head over to robingobel.com slash free resources. And while you're there, while you're over on my website, you're going to want to check out the tab that says the club. Why? Well, because I just happen to think that the club is basically the best place on the internet. The club is an online community that's comprised of seriously the most awesome parents on the planet. And when I say awesome, I don't mean these parents are perfect or always regulated or anything like that. When I say awesome, I mean, they're people who are committed to showing up for each other, for themselves and for their kids. Like even when, and maybe actually, especially when they aren't perfect to me, that's way more awesome than perfect. The club is a space for parents to get the connection, the co-regulation, and of course, a little education that you need, that you need to keep making it every single day through these overwhelming, exhausting, and no end in sight days of parenting a kid with really big behaviors. So the club welcomes new members periodically. Head over to the website and get on the wait list. The next time the club opens their doors, it's going to be like this grand reopening because so many new and amazing things are happening in the club. My team and I have been working really hard and building what I've been calling a new, beautiful clubhouse for our current members. And then we'll be inviting new members in very soon. So yeah, head over to robingobel.com slash the club to read all about it and grab a spot on the waiting list. All right. So today's topic is feeling kind of tough and honestly, for me, kind of vulnerable. The topic of what do we do when we don't like our kids? Why is it feeling vulnerable for me? Well, I think really hard about what your kids are potentially overhearing. Like, When I think about titling my book, I think about the fact that it might be on your night table or it might arrive in the mail and be sitting on my dining room table, which happened once when I had ordered a book uh, for work and it had a relatively negative title about children on it. 
And my son was kind of horrified by it. Um, so I think about those things when, when I pick topics, you know, I think about the possibility that your kids are, are hearing, um, or that they get to see that, that they'll see it in some way. Right. Um, and I also think about all the grownups in the world who once were the kids that we talk about on this podcast, the, the kids with really big baffling behaviors, the kids with a lot of dysregulation. And for so many of them, kids who have been really, really hurt inside relationship. I'm very connected to the adult adoption, uh, adult adoptee community. And I think about them. Like I think about what their experience is when I publish things and I, I, it really helps me. Like, I feel like it really, really helps me stay in integrity with being honest about what the experience is like of being in close relationship with somebody who's been hurt in relationship while also still maintaining their humanity, really, really maintaining their humanity. And even the title of this episode, it's, I'm, I'm just hoping I get it right. I'm just hoping I get it right. It feels, I feel a little sheepish recording an episode that could potentially hurt the communities that I'm in of adult adopted people, right? This idea that when they were kids, maybe their parents actually didn't like them. But I also feel like somehow I've got to figure out a way to balance that with giving voice and airing, you know, giving voice and air to topics that otherwise just get buried deep and and eventually end up causing a lot of shame. And it's not like if I don't talk about a topic like this, like it won't be a real topic. No, all that will happen is that I perpetuate the feeling that it's just too shameful to talk about. So I don't know if I'm going to get this episode right, but I'm going to try and I'm going to try again. And I'm just going to keep walking my talk with rupture and repair if needed. Most parents I know have had the thought like, well, I do not like my kid right now. Parents of kids with big baffling behaviors, lots of dysregulation, and especially histories of attachment or relationship trauma, they've thought this way more than once. And then they practically become paralyzed by the shame of it. They tell nobody that they feel this way. Or if they do, it's with a tone of both like shame and horror at themselves. In a way, I have found this self-shaming to actually be almost increased in the parents who are drawn to my work. It's something that I'm really working at addressing. Um, parents who are really drawn to my work are, tend to be parents who are really committed to understanding you know, what behavior really is and how to respond by increasing connection and co-regulation and, and felt safety. So they have some pretty high standards for themselves and they feel like they're beginning to learn the quote unquote right way to respond or the, the quote unquote right way 
to parent. But then, of course, they're inevitably parenting in ways that they don't necessarily feel like is in alignment with that because they're human, because none of us are perfect and none of us behave the way that we want to all the time or honestly, for a lot of us, even most of the time, that's not really the point, right? The point is that we keep showing up. We keep showing up. We keep trying. We keep rupturing. We keep repairing. And these parents will say to me though, things like, I know why my kid is struggling. Like I've learned the things. I understand why they're struggling. I know why they're acting this way. And therefore it's like extra, extra awful for me to feel like I don't like them. Therefore I'm an awful human. But y'all, here's the thing. It is awful to feel like you don't like your kid, right? Like that's an awful way to feel. Parenting is really freaking hard. Even on the best of days, it's hard. We push through the heart of parenting because we get a lot back from the experience that isn't hard. That's actually good and wonderful and joyful. Even though parenting isn't about getting our needs met in the serve and return of a parenting relationship, we do get a lot of our needs met. Like we get a lot of our connection needs met. Um, There is a lot in parenting that fills a parent's cup and thank goodness, because parenting is really freaking hard and I don't know that we would do it otherwise. Right. So for most, I don't know if most is the right word for parents of kids with neurotypical behaviors, parents of kids who fall like pretty solidly inside that bell-shaped curve, the hard is worth it. But when you're parenting a kid whose history, previous experiences in attachment relationship, or just the unique makeup of their brain and their body make you very possibly you know, not get enough of those experiences that aren't hard to balance the hard. Did that sentence even make sense? It's just that there's more hard, right? There's more hard. Those of you who are listening to this podcast, there's more hard than not. And it's then, it's really hard to stay in balance with that. And it's hard to keep showing up and doing a job that's really hard when there's very little balance. And this does not make you selfish. Sure, we can all say selfless things about parenting, like parenting isn't about me. And it's not. And the reality is, is that parenting is a job for humans and humans need connection. And for humans to keep showing up in a relationship, especially if that relationship is pretty hard, there is a serve and return that we need to kind of like keep our battery going. Parenting's just a relationship. And, and even though we're the grownups in that relationship, we're still humans. And that means we still have needs. And again, yes, of course, I know we have more resources, theoretically. We have more internal capacity for regulation, theoretically, more ability to delay our own needs. Yes, yes, of course, that's absolutely true but we still have those needs. And being in relationship with someone who, and again, not because they're bad, but because of the way their nervous system is patterned, being in relationship with somebody who struggles to be in relationship, parenting can actually become traumatic. What do we usually tell people to do who are in a relationship that feels traumatic? I mean, we usually encourage them to end that relationship, right? 
Well, obviously that's a pretty tricky nuance to navigate with parenting. Our kids are are doing the very best that they can, right? They're behaving in ways that makes complete sense given the state of their nervous system, their level of felt safety, and the way their previous experiences have helped them survive. If you're new here and you're looking for some support on just understanding your kids' baffling behaviors, head over to robingobel.com slash masterclass for the what behavior really is and how to change it masterclass. That's going to start to lay the groundwork for these ideas that our kids are doing the very best that they can and their behavior makes complete sense given the state of their nervous system in that moment. But also it can be true that your kid is doing the very best that they can and it's still really, really, very extremely hard. Sometimes our kids' best is to protect themselves against intimate, close relationships like the parent-child relationship. This, of course, comes out with all sorts of behaviors that are challenging for us. And, And frankly, these behaviors are really challenging for them. It's terrible to be driven to reject something that you also really need, like connection, like the dependence that is, you know, that is that comes out of the parent-child relationship, right? The safety there. Some of our kids have such sensitive stress responses that living with them feels like walking on eggshells. We're we're tiptoeing around, waiting for an explosion, feeling like hostages in our own homes. Some of us have kids with traumatic histories that have left such a tragic impact on their nervous system that they have behaviors that we actually even find disgusting, right? The feeling of disgust is designed to have us push away whatever is causing that feeling. And when it's your kid, like when you feel compelled to push away and then feel the shame of being disgusted by your kid, whoa, like I just took a big breath, a big breath that came with a big sigh. Y'all, this is all just so, so hard. Like calling it hard feels ridiculous actually, because hard doesn't even begin to capture the true feeling. It's hard for you. And of course it's hard for your child. They're trapped, right? They're longing and desperate for safety and connection because all humans are. Yet they have had experiences in the past that tell them that safety and connection just isn't safe. You know what happens when we need something that we also believe isn't safe? Well, we act really weird, bizarre, actually, maybe even in ways that that evoke disgust or maybe their nervous system for whatever reason is just so fragile that they, and then of course you too are constantly on alert, just waiting for the next explosion. It's exhausting. And then you add in the judgment from others, the lack of support, and the fact that for some of you, your kids and your families, like what you need literally doesn't even exist, let alone would it exist in a way that would be accessible to the average family. So yeah, sometimes all of this results in a feeling of not really liking our kid that much. So here's what I want you to try. 
see if you can just be honest with yourself, honest about that feeling of not really liking your kid and honest with yourself that not really liking your kid is painful. It's so painful to you. It's a moment of suffering in your own heart. And you know what Dr. Kristen Neff says we do with our suffering? You do if you've listened to the podcast before, right? We meet our suffering with self-compassion. Yeah. When you find yourself not liking your kid, instead of judging or shaming yourself, you take a breath and you think, wow, not liking my kid is so painful. This is a moment of suffering and suffering deserves compassion. Y'all, the only way out, the only way out is to be seen in a safe place. When we start talking about vulnerability and being seen and choosing who gets to see and know, know us, we have to choose with intentionality. We have to choose people who have given us some indication, like they have proven up to us in some way, shape or form that they're safe, that they deserve the honor of seeing our true self. And the feeling of not liking your kid needs to be seen and not with horror, but with curiosity and compassion. And then an invitation can be extended to that feeling. An invitation that sounds like, can this feeling exist without acting on the feeling? Yes. Can I like my kid, but still take care of them? Yes. Can I meet myself with compassion every time I feel like I don't like my child? Yes. Will meeting that feeling with compassion help me feel better? Yes. I wanted to pause the episode real quick and read you this testimonial from one club member. This person writes in, the club has been life-changing for me. For me, feeling alone in the stress and the overwhelm of parenting a child with complex trauma has been traumatic. Here in the club, we are finding healing for ourselves by feeling seen and heard and validated, even though we may have come here for our children's healing. Oh, y'all, that is exactly what I'm trying to do in the club to create a space that's for you that also brings healing to your kids. So the club's open for new members until April 28th. We'd love to have you. RobinGobel.com slash the club. All right, let's get back to the episode. Can I not like my child while still believing 100% that they are worthy of love and adoration and overflowing with infinite worth? Yes. And that, in fact, is the goal. Being able to hold both truths. Being worthy of love and adoration is our birthright. Your child does overflow in infinite worth and their nervous system drives behaviors that make it very difficult for you to like them. Listen, don't get me wrong here. 
our kids deserve to be looked at with eyes of adoration. They need that. They need to know they delight people simply because they exist. You can send yourself self-compassion for feeling like you don't like your kid and still keep working ferociously hard at finding a way to like your kid. They deserve that. And honestly, you do too. You can find other adults in your child's life who will look at them with delight. That's super important. And you can find other adults in your life who will look at you with delight because that's y'all, that's the antidote. I'm going to say it again. You can find other adults in your life who look at you with delight. If you want to find ways to adore your child, find people who adore you. Even actually, if that person is yourself. And since you're listening to this podcast, you've actually already found one person and that's me. I adore you. I adore your kids. People ask me all the time, like, why do you work with these kids? And the the reality is, is I have some ideas, but I'm also not completely sure. But for whatever reason, I just get them. They make complete sense to me and I adore them. But this is actually also true about their parents. I don't know exactly why I love y'all, but I do. I love the parents of kids with big behaviors who just keep looking for what they need. I love the parents who are willing to regulate through the vulnerability of asking for help and show up for years. They showed up in my office every week. They were brave and showed up. Now y'all show up by hitting play on this podcast. You show up at the conferences and the workshops that I teach and you show up in the club. This really is unbelievably remarkable. It's raw and honest. And I love these parents. I adore them. I adore you. I know, I know, I know this could sound actually super trite. Like I don't even know you, but also I actually don't really need to. I know your true self is easy to adore because I know that's true about all people. (laughs) Not liking your child is painful. Hitting play on this episode was brave. I worry about all the adults who were kids with big baffling behaviors, seeing this podcast and feeling the pain of wondering if their parent didn't like them or maybe just some confirmation to something that they knew when they were a child was true. And that's really, really painful. But here's what I know. I know feeling that way about your kid and still seeking out support, seeking out help, listening to a podcast, going to conferences, joining the club. I know that those things all really, really matter. One time I spoke at a conference for parents who had adopted kids and who had been in foster care. Uh, Well, I didn't do that one time. I mean, I do that all the time, but on one specific instance, I will never, ever forget a conference attendee that emailed me after the conference. We actually also got to speak during the conference. And so I had like a face and with the name and this person emailed me after the conference. And what they told me in this email was that 
they were one of those kids that we were talking about. It was a conference for parents. It was a conference about parenting kids with pig behaviors and navigating their behaviors and, and helping their behavior and helping these kids be okay in the world. And she said, I was one of those kids. Right? They told me that they grew up in foster care and had experienced abuse and neglect and had the behaviors of the kids that we were talking about at the conference. And they told me that they were overcome with emotion, just sitting in a conference ballroom, looking around at the literally hundreds of parents who were there showing up for themselves and for their kids and wanted to do better. And this person said to me, I wish I had had parents like that. I wanted to be a kid again. They said, I wanted to be a kid again and have one of them be my parents. Oh, y'all, that was so, so, so profound for me. So profound for me. And I think about that person a lot. It really helps me just keep putting one foot in front of the other and and keep showing up for y'all and also for these kids who are, are deserve it. They deserve for y'all to keep showing up, right? No matter how imperfectly you show up for your kids, you are trying and you keep trying to deal with the pain and the vulnerability of everything and to keep trying. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if that wasn't true. And it matters. It matters to your kids, but you never know who else it might matter to. Like that adult in the audience of that conference who was once your child and who was filled with relief that so many parents were there trying trying to see their kids for their real, true, lovable, and worthy of adoration selves. So thank you. Thank you for tuning in again. Thank you for everything, everything you do to love, love and, and care for kids, love and care for kids who are hard to love and care for. Even though we didn't exactly ask for the job of changing the world, we are. Y'all, that's, that's what we're doing. We do it for our kids and we do it for their kids in a way we're doing it for everyone's kids. Thank you for hanging with me through today's episode, through my scratchy voice, through, you know, just wading through a topic that made me feel a little nervous and a little vulnerable to talk about, to title this episode and to put it out into the world. It makes me go, ah, and I'm going to regulate through that vulnerability. And I'm going to risk the fact that I didn't do it well. And I'm going to put it out there because this is a topic that needs to be talked about. This is a topic that needs to be seen. This is a topic that needs to come out of the shame so that we can be with ourselves with compassion. That is the only way out. You deserve it. You deserve that. And so do your kids. So I will see you back here next week. Are you ending this episode with maybe a big sigh of relief? Like, yes, finally, someone gets me and my kids. But also maybe a sense of like, Okay, but now what? All right, y'all, I've got lots of possible now what's. If you want to connect with me directly, like pick my brain, have access to me almost every day, not to mention 
hundreds of other parents from around the world who totally get what it's like to be you, then you're going to want to join us in the club. We have monthly live events, including groups for siblings of dysregulated kids, a huge video library with something like 80 or 90 videos, plus transcripts and certificates of completion. Plus, of course, a very active forum that I'm participating in every single day. We open for new members periodically. So go check robingobel.com slash the club. If we aren't open now, you can put yourself on the waiting list and I'll let you know the moment we open for new members. That's robingobel.com slash the club. Now, if you're a professional and you want to strengthen your capacity to work with the families of kids with big baffling behaviors and vulnerable nervous systems, plus use all of my materials, including a 12-module course that follows raising kids with big baffling behaviors, plus be included in an online searchable directory so families all over the world could find you then you're looking for Being With, which is my year-long immersive training program that runs January through December. So you'll want to go to robingobel.com slash with, read all about it. And if you're interested, put yourself on that waiting list too. Now, if you just maybe need a little extra connection and co-regulation, but don't feel like you need to join the club, then you can just keep listening to my podcast. Or you could go subscribe to my Start Here podcast, and that'll give you 10 episodes in order that will take you through cultivating a great foundation of parenting with regulation, connection, and felt safety. That's at robingobel.com slash start here. You have to go there. You can't just find it in your podcast app. Or you can get yourself a copy of Raising Kids with Big Baffling Behaviors, paper book, audio book, ebook. You can get that anywhere books are sold. Or you can just head to my website download one of my very many free resources. I keep them all really easy to access at robingobel.com slash free resources. Webinars, masterclasses, ebooks, infographics, all sorts of stuff. Go check it out. See what of those things could be supportive of you or maybe to the other adults in your life who are helping support you and your child. There are just so many ways that you and I could be more connected and you can get the amount of co-regulation and support that you need. If it feels like a lot to remember, all you have to do is go to robingobel.com and take your time clicking around, seeing what I got there. I am so, so glad you and I are connected now and I can't wait to be with you again soon in our next episode of The Baffling Behavior Show. Bye-bye, y'all.